This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I am joined by our chair of the board, Christina Boardman from Wisconsin. Christina, welcome back to the AnvaCast. Thank you so much, as always. Always a pleasure. Um, We are here in Nevada, where we've just concluded the winter board of directors meeting. We sure have. And so we want to give everybody an update on, you know, how the board meeting went and what they discussed. So one of the things that jumps out at me, you know, we always try to measure how engaged our members are. Uh, between in-person and virtual attendance, we were only missing one board member all week. You're right. We had great attendance. And not only did we have great attendance, we had great participation. It's a long two days and there is yeah. a lot on the agenda, but the energy level just... It sustained all through the meeting. I think all AMVA members can feel confident that they are being well represented by the the board members from their relative um, regions. It was a great two days, very busy, but it, it was great to see everyone, whether it was online or in person. Yeah. So let's talk about what kept them, kept us, kept everyone so busy. You know, we start a lot of the board meetings with kind of the fundamentals of association oversight, which has a lot to do with fiduciary responsibilities, right? The responsibilities for the board to take care of the members' money. Absolutely. The January board meeting typically is kind of internal organizational matters. We're looking at um, the finances of AMVA. We're kind of looking ahead. Do do we have things lined up in the right ways? We want to know how our investments are doing. Um, And many of those are set aside in reserve funds for the IT systems that we maintain. So, and just, you know, from a human resources perspective, the mm. staff that we have on board, where we're having gaps, where we may need to shift. So, yes, it was a lot of internal organizational items, but there is also a lot of policy because when you talk about staffing and finances, you have to line that up against what is AMVA delivering. And so mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time talking about AMVA's priorities, what members need, lining that up with our new strategic plan and making some decisions about the future. So let's try to unpack some of those different bits and pieces. You mentioned in there about the finances and the reserves. Financially, right, I mean, the board in August, September has a big budget conversation. In the spring, it's how are we looking now that we're halfway through the year. So a big focus in between is how are our investments doing? And I'm sure there are folks listening that looking at their 401k statements or otherwise, we know the roller coaster that the market has has been. How has, generally speaking, without getting into numbers and balances, how has AMVA fared in that roller coaster? Well, AMVA is very um, conservative in how they manage their funds, and some of those there absolutely can't be losses. So whether that's, um, you know, we're looking at that very closely. We have a great relationship with our management company that keeps an eye on those funds. Yes, there's been dips in the market, AMVA hasn't been excluded from that, but we also see things are coming back. And we know that the the accounts that are reserved for, you know, those IT systems, that remains intact. And we do feel like it is a very well-balanced fund. So that really cushioned 
you know, any blows in the market. So I feel very confident that we have great people managing the funds, and I feel like we have the resources that we need to do our jobs. And we're fortunate we have a, a pretty healthy uh, reserve in the sense that because the board has been so diligent in managing and working with the investors and their guidance, um, the, the organization's well-suited when maybe some other nonprofits, you know, have struggled. You know, AMVA and its members can be confident that their money is safe and the resources to deliver services remain safe. Absolutely, I agree with that. So Rhonda Lamb, our treasurer, and the finance committee, they recently went through an exercise to kind of check back in on, um, you know, risk, how conservative we want to be, checking in on that appetite. Um, we also went to some board members to check in on that um, and then went back to our, our investment partners on that. So um, yes, it's a, it's a lot of management of the funds. And yes, the board has been very diligent in making sure, you know, if something significant happens, do we have the reserve funds to keep going? And knowing the reliance on IT systems, do we have the money set aside to make sure that we're running those security tests, that we have the funds to modernize as needed? So yes, we're in a very fortunate position. And that's another area where the board dug a little bit deeper in this meeting is trying to understand the security, the IT security protocols. We all know the, the breadth and depth of Amvanet and the services it delivers um, and making sure that the system is secure, the data is secure, and the board dug into that a little bit this week. Yes, there's, so we are regularly doing audits on those systems, penetration testing, responsibility with that data and making sure that we continue to meet the standards. There's also um, items with the data and, and auditing that and third parties and making sure that that's all being used appropriately. So a lot of time was spent on that. And I think we all know, you know, back in jurisdictions, IT in general, it it's getting tough and we all worry about the security, especially of something as precious as all the data that we have. So um, AMVA does take a very proactive role in that and it was um, comforting to to hear from the experts on how things have gone, how those audits have have gone, and yeah, you're just trying to stay ahead yeah. of everything that's happening. And that oversight of that, I you know, we talked about the oversight of the financial portfolio. There's also oversight of this IT portfolio, and the board took a, another step forward in making sure that there's good strategic guidance for Anva's IT systems to make sure it is matching, like you say, the programmatic goals of, of the members. Can you talk a little bit about the, the evolution of the governance and oversight of the IT portfolio with the new committee that the board established? Yes. So AMVANET, you know, AMVA has a lot of IT staff maintaining that system that we all rely on. And they've spent the last several years, five years or so, um, modernizing those systems. Some are, you know, moving into the cloud. That full modernization has been a huge effort. And we had a special committee established to go through that. Now that we're coming to the end of that particular process, um, I know personally, I was like, we still need people talking about these IT issues on a regular mm -hmm. basis, whether it is um, DMV administrators, our um, law enforcement partners, but we also need IT professionals. And so we're lucky that we have a great community out there and we're going to reach out. This is, we made the decision to establish an IT advisory committee. Um, so we have some of those members from that modernization group are going to just slide over into this new group, but we are going to expand it. And part of that is 
reaching out to CIOs in the states. And so we have that blended community, both on the business side and on the IT side, to talk about these issues in the future. Because mm-hmm. it's just getting bigger, and yeah. many of our, you know, not only Amvanet, but you know, whether it's electronic titling or mobile DL, mm-hmm. the IT issues are significant. And so having a larger community to regularly check in on that and share that, I think will be really important for AMVA. And there was, you know, a, a good amount of conversation around those topics that drive some of these IT needs. And of course, not not surprisingly, a lot of attention to identity, identity management, digitalization, mobile DL. Um, you know, following the September meeting, there has been some conversation about AMVA, you know, furthering their position as leaders in identity management, and the board had some further conversations to, you know, strategically continue in that direction. Yes, we all know that AMVA um, secure identities is one of those Mm -hmm. core responsibilities, and and all of us as jurisdictions know that um, we have this role in identity management and managing um, one's identity and the public good and how that's being used, and it's really in a changing world. How are you using that identity to log on to systems, to mm-hmm. move and share your responsibilities as a licensed driver from one state to another, even internationally? And so, um, yes, a lot of time was yeah. spent talking about that. What role does AMVA have in that space? Because we do have a shared responsibility in this, and you know, we want to make cooperative decisions. We want to be talking. The interoperability is super important. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether it's a digital trust service or where everyone is at in mobile identity, um, we did spend a lot of time talking yeah. about that. And, and it's going to, um, it, it requires more of an investment in terms of, of people going forward because this is this is where things are moving. Yeah. And in the meantime, the, the board approved two new tools, where an up, one updated and one new slash revised, for those that are tackling specifically MDL. Yes, we approved. Um, out of the driver's committee came the new best practice for MDL that gives information on whether you're going to um, model legislation, looking at RFPs. So but we know that this is going to be an evergreen document. We are regularly having to look at that. Um, So that was talked about. We also had um, electronic titling that we discussed. so yes yeah and so on the mdl part you know i think it was exciting the board approved and members will see you know in a few weeks um version 1.2 of the implementation guidelines for mdl so folks that are actually working on it they'll have those updated implementation guidelines as we like you say it's changing so quickly we're constantly updating that and updated model legislation for those jurisdictions that need enabling legislation to do mdl um, there'll be that new model for them to download and customize as they need to work with their legislatures. Yeah, we know that all jurisdictions are, are really at a different spot on this journey. Some have really been out there in front and lessons learned. Maybe there are things that they wish they would have done differently, but they're also willing to share that information. Some are just starting. So it's been such a great community to talk about these issues and having the opportunity to share these in terms of best practices, mm-hmm. model legislation, what is AMVA going to do to bring us together on shared topics of concern? Um, so yes, great discussion. And you mentioned you know the driver committee that you know kind of has this oversight of those areas, um, but there was also a more traditional area that you know is going to be a new tool for the best practice that came out of the driver committee related to CDL um, that the that the board approved this week. 
Yes. Some may know for Anvil, we've been talking about the modernized CDL program and the testing and having those standards that are out there, um, getting approval from FMCSA. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of yeah. exciting things happening. So whether it is on the CDL testing side and what we're doing there or where the future of licensing is going and in the form on your phone, et cetera. So yeah. yeah. So that best practice, the C, I believe I remember it's a big title, um, the uh, best practices for a CDL driver history record. You know, it really, uh, the board had the conversation. I think it's a good one in publishing this best practice, trying to close some of those loopholes in the, you know, from a, a CDL driver receiving a citation, that citation being adjudicated, hitting the driver record, and then anyone taking licensing action. We know Sometimes, unfortunately, do a high-profile crash, someone that maybe shouldn't have been driving to begin with or some other sanction didn't happen. Hopefully, uh, now that the board approved it, it'll be published soon. Not only licensing agencies, but law enforcement agencies, the judicial branch can lean on this best practice to close those loopholes. Yeah, the driver history record is so important. That is what, you know, we that needs to be perfect for our law enforcement partners so that they have the information that they need and making sure that we're handling that the same, we're talking the same language. And we're finding out this even more as we're going through the driver history record on the non-CDL side. Right, so, right, right. you know, matching those up as well. So the more communication that we're doing, the more connected that we are, making sure that we're taking action really in real time as it's made available. This is all great information for the states. Now, it wasn't all drivers. There was some, you know, great vehicle conversations. And yet again, we're going to sound like a broken record, a new best practice um, that's available on the, the use of specialty license plates. Yes. In fact, there are more than 70 recommendations <laughs> in this best practice. So this is lots of great reading. But license plates are huge. Yeah. Customers love license plates. Customers love specialty plates. So yes, we're very excited that this has been approved. People will be able to see this soon. Um, yeah, I'll have, and for those that are interested in it, you know, we'll in a, maybe another week or two, we'll get Paul Steyer on here to actually explain it since, you know, he's, <laughs> he's the expert. But yeah, that specialty use plate, so definitely uh, be, able, be able to tackle. Um, now, you know, beyond those kind of programmatic areas, you know, when you kind of take a step back, there is, you, you mentioned the strategic framework. Um, as you and I discussed last time you were here, back in August, the board adopted the new framework. But the old framework went through the last fiscal year, which for ANVA was September 30th. So this, at this meeting, it was a little bit of a momentous occasion because it was the final report out of what was the previous four-year plan. And the board was able to evaluate how much did we do what we said we were going to do. Yeah, the last four years, that plan, it, it was good to close that out because, you know, that was really through COVID and we'd been through a lot. And, and Ian, you shared a great presentation walking <laughs> through those goals, um, kind of wrapping those up. And the good thing about the strategic plan is that there are, you know, there's performance metrics in there. Mm -hmm. And so we have ways to measure the goals that have been established in that plan. You know, in some areas, there there's opportunity for improvement, but I would say overall, it was a great report coming out of that. Um, and we do have a very, as people know, a very robust plan for the next 
five years as well. Yeah. Especially yeah. as we're celebrating Anva's 90th That's anniversary. Right. We've kind of, we're shooting down the road here for the next 10, five years and setting ourselves up as we reach that 100 year point. Absolutely, absolutely. So another conversation that, that came up, um, we know that so many members, they, their engagement and their learning and their ability to build their community is by attending Anva events of all sorts of kinds. And Anva has a long, proud history of being able to financially support our members to come to these events. And I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic where we couldn't travel and travels up, the board said, hey, let's let's check in on how that travel assistance uh, is going and where can we, you know, further tweak that. Travel assistance is a very important member benefit. I know in the state of Wisconsin, we absolutely rely on that to get Wisconsin people to, whether it's the workshop or the AIC. And so ANVA did some research on this. We wanted to see money that has been budgeted for this, you know, what percentage of that has been um, taken advantage of, what percentage of jurisdictions are, are regularly kind of maxing out what that is, others that are leaving some money on the table. We also know that travel costs have significantly increased mm -hmm. as well. Yes. And we want to make sure that, you know, those amounts that have been established, that they're not, um, it, it needs to for sure get one person to the event. Right, and we right, want to right, make right. sure that we're talking about that. So yes, we're doing some outreach, you know, connecting with our, our Canadian partners, connecting with some of those jurisdictions that maybe they haven't had um, the attendance level in the past making sure that they know about the jurisdiction assistance and if there's any flexibility that we can be offering to to get at least one person from there because again you know the more um, diversity that we're bringing to these events the stronger we are as an yeah. organization so let's i, I want to drive home that point for those listening you know if you're responsible for uh, if you're responsible for assigning who can make use of this travel assistance um, if you feel like you're leaving some of your funds on the table, please, you know, come and contact me, contact Patrice and Julie, and, you know, we'll make sure you're making use of those funds. But even more so, you know, I think what, what Christina was saying there, I want everyone to listen to, to hear this. If the funding available is less than the cost for you as an agency to send a single person to one of these events, the board approved an adjustment to the program to help us get that first person there. So we're going to be sending out more details, everybody, but all dues-paying agencies, if you ever have a situation where the travel assistance is not even enough because of the increased travel costs to get even a single person to the workshop or AIC, we want to hear from you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I know there's one other item that kind of came up this week that we were going to talk about, but before we transition to that, were there any highlights um, of the board meeting that, you know, I I'm forgetting, you know, it was, it was such a deep and full conversation. Board members really dug into a lot of um, important and, and challenging governance conversations, you know, went, hit a lot of topics quickly. Anything else that, that I'm forgetting? I, I think governance is is key we have lots of committees at amva mm. and in fact we had a great conversation about you know as we're establishing new committees maybe it's time for a step back and let's just see you know get everything out on paper understand where things are lining up 
We know that ANVA does not have unlimited staff to meet all of our needs and our needs are changing. So um, we're going to spend some time over the next couple of months looking at, you know, what's been established. Are those priorities changing? Do we need different committees? How are those aligning with our standing committees? So we're going to do some work on that. It's a great discussion. It's, it's fantastic that you know, people are speaking up and, and talking about what they need, but we also need to align that with what ANVA can deliver. And if we need to do something different in the future to continue to meet those needs, then we want to be doing that. Yeah. So the, you know, the other item, um, by now, by the time everybody is listening to this, they'll have read the, the email announcement um, related to a, a big transition that's about to occur. Yes, Ann Farrow, our CEO of AMVA, has communicated her interests to retire at the end of this year of her contract. And I know that I speak for everyone in acknowledging, you know, the grief that I feel for AMVA <laughs> in the leadership that she's brought to this organization. But, you know, the excitement that I have for Ann and her family in really being able to take on this new adventure. Um, as I said to Ann earlier, um, she leaves ANVA better than she found it. And isn't that something, uh, you know, all of us hope to achieve at some point in our career that we've made a difference. And I think Anne can walk into her new retirement, her new chapter, knowing that she made a difference. She made a difference every day and we've all learned from her and ANVA has been strengthened as an organization because of what she's added. Yeah. And since she is on board through the end of her contract, which is the end of August, um, first, uh, we're gonna have plenty of time to celebrate Anne, right? We you know? do. Yeah. She has given us the gift of time. And yeah. so we all thanked her for that. Um, there will be a process. We have one time to celebrate Anne and, and she deserves that celebration. And we're going to have a robust search for the next CEO. So, and, and Anne has volunteered to be as involved as as needed or not. So she's been very flexible in giving and being able to talk about that transition. So in terms of next steps, um, Spencer from Georgia, the um, co-chair of AMVA, and I will be um, co-chairing a search committee. And we're going to have some more members that are going to be added to that going forward. But we will be working with the AMVA HR staff and the board in recognizing the strengths, the qualities that we need in moving AMVA forward. And we will be having this search committee. Um, you know, we'll be working on this over the next several months. And so we will hopefully have someone on board prior to the end of that contract. Sure, so that there's some overlap there for knowledge transfer and integration. And absolutely, like that. that's, absolutely. That's fantastic, that's great, that's great. Now, we haven't had you on, Christina, since we you know, spoke following um, the AIC in Baltimore. You've already been busy in the first few months as, as chair. Yeah, things started right away as chair. So um, in terms of the end of 2022, I visited Minneapolis, got to see the standing committees, was at the um, Region 1 Roundtable, so it was a pleasure mm -hmm. being in Providence. Um, just last week, I was at the IRP meeting in Corpus Christi, and mm -hmm. so um, I appreciate their hospitality and letting me sit in on that and listen about what they do. So yes, there's been lots and lots going on. You can follow my movements um, online. Yeah. Um, you know, so on the road with the chair. On the road with the chair. You go to movemag.org um, and it's there. Thanks for that plug, yeah, Ian. Yeah. yeah. 
So we want to, I want to keep you in, involved and, and informed on what's going on. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a great several months and I really look forward to everything that yet happens in the next couple of months too. And it's going to be a busy next couple of months. In addition to this, you know, when you uh, were in line to become chair, you know, everybody knew at some point, some chair has to deal with CEO transition. You didn't know it was going to land on your desk. Uh, but even in addition to that, before that, you know, it was going to be a busy few months. You know, we got a lot coming up with workshop, contact centers, and the Vitis, and that's all good. Yeah, and that's all just good March. stuff. Yes, yes, the workshops, the contact centers. Um, you know, ongoing communication with our international partners on opportunities that we have to cooperate with them. So, yes. And we all know where everyone's going to be at the end of September, well, 2023. Yes. So no, yeah. never too never too soon to plug a reminder Madison. For, yeah. for Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. at the end of September. But you've got a lot to do between now and then. I sure do. Yep, yep. I'm not napping, so yeah, yeah well, lots to do, lots of input, um, and yeah, the topics are great. It's an exciting time for Amva in taking so. on these new opportunities. We all know that over the course of the pandemic, we learned many, many things, and, and that is our reliance on technology. It's reliance on doing business online and, and the risks that come with that. So I'm excited and setting up jurisdictions going forward on ongoing collaboration, um, interoperability, moving state, to, whether it's vehicles or drivers or IDs and mobile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got lots to do, and um, but... I'm so gifted to be yeah. surrounded by a team that's all very motivated to take on these topics as well. Well, we better get off this and start working. <laughs> We've got stuff to do. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Christina. It's always a pleasure to have you on. No doubt we are going to have you back. Um, until then, uh, always thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Thank you all for listening this week. Until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast. Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.